Hello, Scotty. Are you having the happiest day of your life? I am just recording, so now I'm happy. Um, is it the happiest day of my life? No, definitely not, oh. because today my um, my MacBook Pro died. Oh, it was, should we uh, be pouring out 40 ounces of something in order to celebrate or remember the dead homie? I was, uh, I was just sat here this morning. Uh, I was in a, a Google Meet meeting with the rest of the team, and it just went blank, and it's not been able to get it back since. So there we are. It's going back to Apple. It's still under Apple Care, so it's going back to Apple. Hopefully, in the next couple of days, they're shipping me a box to send it back in. But they said it's going to be at least a three-week turnaround. So, wow, there we are. Well, I mean, as a, as a software engineer, one hardly needs a laptop, well, you know, to do your work. And that has just tipped the balance because that means I now have more dead laptops on my desk than I have live ones. So, <laughs> my DTK died a few weeks ago, um, mm. and uh, I have two. 2015 MacBook Pro uh, 15 inches on my desk that are, they're not officially dead, but they were from a corporate client that insisted that we use their machines. And then when the contract ended, despite numerous requests, they've never told us where to send them back. So they've been sat here for two years, but they are so full of corporate crap and spyware and, you know, security protection that they are effectively bricks. Um, you know, they couldn't mm. couldn't be repurposed and used. Yeah, so four four dead laptops on my uh, on my desk. But I do have a, a working uh MacBook Air, M one MacBook Air, and I do have a working uh Intel um uh Mac Mini and I do have a working uh, another fifteen inch MacBook Pro that belongs to a different client that uh, that is working. So I do have I do have some uh, working machines, but this was my Moneywell machine. So it's uh, and what's particularly frustrating is it's like the perfect storm of failure because uh, I use Arc for backup and Arc have just released Arc 7. So I downloaded Arc 7 and somehow in doing that, I think I turned off Arc 6. Uh, this was Monday, I think, or maybe at the weekend. Um, so it turns out my backup didn't run last night uh, and it turns out, well, it turns out also yesterday I spent an entire day uh doing some of the most mind bogglingly tedious work of moving files around, changing import statements and reconfiguring a project massively and I never pushed the branch last night. So all of that work now has to be done again. So is it the happiest day of my life? Fuck you. <laughs> Shit Scotty, I'm sorry. That was, that was the wrong question to ask. <laughs> but let, let me say two things. <laughs> First off, uh, no, three things. First off, I'm sorry. This, this really is a tragedy. And I really should not have been so blasé about it. So please accept my fondest, warmest Northern California performative, you know, support and apology and love. Second thing, second thing is, uh, Sam, we now have the title for this episode, if not the entire podcast. This is, of course, Perfect Storm of Failure. Third thing is that I can't remember when it was the 80s or 90s. There was a a German noise metal band called the the Die Totenhosen, which I believe means dead trousers. (laughs) But now we we have a new band that you can do. You can be like rocking East Bollocks, you know, machine shops in the band Dead Laptops. That is the one. (laughs) 
<laughs> Detoting laptop. <laughs> you say it? Something like that. There we are. Uh, and, uh, if, if it's a partial listener, if it's a partial German listener, no, you can't have a partial German. If it's a German partial listener, that's probably the right way. <laughs> we have a listener who's partially German or a German listener who's a partial listener. I don't know whichever way. Uh, they will probably be quite upset with you right now for that terrible pronunciation i don't think it was that bad i think if there is a partial german listener or, or a full german partial listener or somebody who's a partial partial listener who speaks german in some fashion i think they might say it wasn't completely off but anyway we'll find out we made him so how is how is your day after all of that <laughs> well i'm 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 just kind of dead tired because uh yesterday and and most of monday i was hard at work on hack day at home um, and I can't really talk about it now because uh, it, we just finished, we just submitted the video um, and the judging, the presentation will be tomorrow. Judges uh, will make their decisions and the awards will be given out on Friday. So next time we record, I'll either be saying woohoo or lamenting bitterly. But I think I said that last time. Um, but I actually am pretty proud of what we did. Um, and while I can't talk about what it does yet, believe me, I will next time. What I can say is I can complain bitterly again about <laughs> about uh, how slow it can be to, to, to code in Swift. I'm sorry, but it is. I, I get completely why. But by the time you, you have a linter on and you have, if you have code gen in your project or, you know, and you have to rebuild indexes and God help you if you have to use a bridge and you wait for indexes to, to come along, um, it can be kind of sad. Because you, and especially in Hack Day, and so I was working, you know, primarily with one other uh, coder on it, and I, you know, we were going back and forth to be able to to work on a section. I said, okay, we've got data that we need, and, and that's good now, but we need to separate it a little bit. And so I said, you know, while you're doing this thing, while you're going to the doctor and being poked and prodded, let me make a new view controller for you so you can separate this stuff out. And um, what? And then I did it, and I did it in Swift. And then he comes back in horror. like, I can't believe you did that in Swift. It's going to take me three times longer to be able to do what I do what I need to. And at first, I was kind of like saying, well, you know, sucks to be you, because it also sucks to be me, because, you know, even, even though I've been working quite heavily on it, I still find that there are certain things that you just want to be able to work quickly. And then if, if to be able to even get the simplest done, you, 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 the compiler's constantly yelling at you. And maybe I'm just not at the, at the, at the phase in, in my skill level where I can already type with the, with the yelling <laughs> and the fixes for the yelling <laughs> at my fingertips. Anyway, but more next week. This is probably because you're using one of those old-fashioned Intel Macs, aren't you? Well, that that is true. I mean, I, I will say that is it is that you know, and I get it. And and, and this is a fun thing because it 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 certainly does change things. And 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 I had th thought about this a little bit. Here, get get ready for this segue. So you know, it, something that not a perfect storm of failure was last week's Perseverance landing, and I just I think that was just a stunning achievement. In fact, there was a great op-ed piece about. Um, about, you know, America. It's like, on the one hand, we had that stunning achievement. On the other hand, we had the, the winter storm and how it completely knocked the Texas electrical grid to, to its knees. And 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 the, the columnist basically says, we need more perseverance and less of this nonsensical, you know, deregulation that, that left hundreds of thousands of, of people, actually millions of people without power and, and just caused unnecessary destruction all in the name of, 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 of preserving the free market. Anyway, um, uh, 
you know, part of the thing that was the, the grand achievement of it was this idea that it's like, you know, the whole world is watching you do something. And by the time they're giving their commentary, how, whatever, 20 plus minutes have already surpassed. And so at the time when there's, you know, the thing could have completely crashed and burned, they're like happily chirping. It's like, well, we so far so good and everything's great. And I was joking with my colleagues saying that, you know, this, I will have to stop complaining about, about, you know, developing in Groovy, which was what I've talked about in the past. It, it mostly this thing where, you know, you would write your code, run a script, have it get deployed you know, get the results back and, and have to get the results back essentially with log statements. And so now fast forward, here we are in the world of, of, of Swift. And in order for it to really do its thing, where it's basically the compiler has to be able to figure out all these different things in advance, figure out what, what could possibly be unsafe during execution, stuff that, you know, a software engineer can't possibly do, a machine has to be able to do it. But if you don't have the, 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 the muscle to be able to do it, then it's an unhappy experience, and and you're absolutely right. I mean, I have a you know what I think is a fast machine, but compared to the the new Apple Silicon, which I'm still not using, it's it's pathetically slow, and 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 you can't rightly be effective with it if you're in this new world. However, I will agree with you when when you if you when you make the transition from Objective C to Swift, the you know the compile times are massively different. Now, don't run Swift Swift five. Is moves like lightning compared to Swift one, and and Swift two. I mean, it really was. Uh, I remember when was it two thousand and fourteen? I went virtually straight into a one hundred percent Swift project in the um, autumn of two thousand and fourteen. So it was like a couple of months after Swift was sort of announced, and um, at the time I was using because I was traveling a lot. I was using an eleven inch MacBook Air. It's my main machine. Um, because I would plug it into a monitor when I was at home with a keyboard, and then when I travelled, it was a fantastic little machine, a brilliant little machine. And with Objective C, you know, working on projects, you you would you know Command B, and they would build in. Yeah, they wouldn't build as fast as they would on a um, a MacBook Pro or anything, but they still built in seconds, not minutes. You know, even reasonably large sized projects using Objective C. But of course, once Swift One came along, it was like now it was, like it was now building in hours. <laughs> Not, not a real. So that machine had to, that. You know, Swift killed the 11-inch MacBook Air um, in my life. Anyway, uh, in fact, it's not dead. My wife still uses a laptop now that was bought in 2013. Wasn't now, so it's eight years old, and it's for for internet browsing and email. And it's still chugging away quite happily, um, uh, and and it's very light to carry around. But yeah, but it is it is different. But I think it's um, some of it is also about being familiar enough to know when Swift is going to complain and not complain. And I probably, you know, you know, it depends where do you fit. There are some people who will code all day, uh, maybe even longer than a day, and they will never compile. They will just keep coding, 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 and at the end of the day, they compile and deal with issues. And then there's other people who type six characters and then want to check it and compile. Which where, where, where which, which end of that spectrum do you fall on? Uh, uh, well, I'm definitely... You know, not every four characters, but you you almost don't have a choice because, you know, think of the simplest things you can do. It's like I need to have, you know, compose a path or a URL, and then I need to check to see if, if, if you know, the, a file exists at that path. And if so, then I want to try and read some data on it. So there are three potential points of failure for it. So, you know, you get so used to, to, to kind of gracefuls, like if, if, you know, if something is nil, it doesn't execute. And, and I, I you know... 
you uh, you can do optionals all day long until you can't, and then at that point, you it becomes so incredibly tedious about the various different techniques you can do to provide a default value or kind of you know use guard or you know and and, and maybe I, I will just get so much better about it I'll stop thinking about it. But I, what it, what it the effect that it does have is you are in this mindset, you know what you need to do and you want to be able to do it. And if the compiler, and it's not, I, yeah, I guess it is the compiler, it, not in the sense that, that, that I, in my newbie way of thinking of things, I think of the compiler as the thing that will make it run, right? And where I guess there's the pre-compiler that's going on all the time, plus the indexer to see what is possible. And, and if those things are in, in their execution, slowing down the, in the machine, to begin with, and secondly, making it so that you were always in a, in a kind of state of panic, it makes it different. For, it makes it very difficult, I think, for the exploratory phase of of, of programming. And in some ways, I I kind of wish there was there was a mode that you could have, where it's saying. I need to explore, I need to think about it. And I'm sure people will then say, well, no, you should think about it more carefully, logically, write pseudocode. And, and they may very well be right. But I, I am kind of very interested in how the change in language, the change in the technology, the, the change in, 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 in hardware requirements all kind of wrap together um, to, to, to change the, the way that your mind has to, to work in the different phases of a project. Um, and I will, I will still say that, you know, when you're hacking, you know, more forgiving languages like Objective-C or JavaScript certainly are your friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they basically let, let you get away with murder. I mean, I was working on a project once where um, somebody just wrote their, virtually their entire API <laughs> his with his ID. And they, they would take like, um, you know, let's use the old analogy that, you know, um, you have vehicles and cars and whatever else. And they would say, you know, this is supposed to take a car and we will put an elephant through it type of thing. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, there was some random crashes in places when the wrong things went through. And, you know, so you can do it, but is it the right thing to do? Um, I, you know, I think we've, we've had this discussion before. The, the type safety of Swift when you come from Objective-C drives you absolutely bonkers. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it probably does end up producing better code. Um, even I, I will definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, so it's it's in there. So I was reorganizing all these files on um, uh, on this laptop because it was it was in Moneywell because we you know, because we're now working far more on the existing code base. Uh, we've decided to we in, in the new build of Moneywell. We've been I've spoken several times about we use Xcode Gen and we generate the Xcode projects and we keep multiple. Uh, projects be that the iPhone version, the iPad version, uh, the Mac version, all in the same repo, uh, and there's a folder structure, and you just run Xcode Gen on the folder, and it generates you the appropriate projects for all of the different apps and the schemas. Uh, so it has benefits that you can just you know make something common to all the apps by putting it in a certain folder, and it will just work. And it also means that you don't have to check in uh, the Xcode project files. Um, uh, so if people are adding multiple things to it, you're not sort of overwriting each other. And we sort of made the decision uh, that because of uh, we're going to be working a, a lot in the existing Moneywell code base, which was lots of submodules and submodules that use submodules, which is fairly horrendous. And these are all internal ones, not um, external sub-dependencies. Uh, it's like it was uh, frameworks that were designed to be used between the iOS app and the iPad app and the Mac app and whatever, that we would actually just move the current code base to use Xcode Gem. 
uh, and generate our module because you know so that we could um, get rid of sub modules, just have a, a single repo, um, and um, all that work. Uh, and it it wasn't particularly difficult to do, but it was just a day of tedium of moving stuff around, putting everything in the right folder, designing a folder structure that when Xcode Gen went through it all, um, it would uh, it would put things in the right place. Um, equally, then it was about cleaning up some of the import statements and whatever else, and I got rid of the PCH files so that you know because there was only a few things in it, it went through and added all the the correct imports, um, things uh, that were using. There were a couple of things that were using a couple of, um, like core plot, for example, is used in in Moneywell, um, and that was being used as a sub module. So I converted that to be used as a Swift package, um, so that it, it was yeah, it, it's a, a better way of doing it. It's so all very tedious configuration work, and I had literally, um, I, I had almost finished this morning. I had like a, I think after the first move of everything, I was having like 700 odd errors in the application that I had to fix, and it was going through doing them. You know, and I was down to about three when my laptop died this morning. So I really am from now on learning to push these branches regularly. So now I've got to do it all again, do it all again. I think it'll be worth it because I think using Xcode Gen on a project being worked on one person, using Xcode Gen and having um, certain scripts in there like pre pre build and post build sh and um, a ci.sh that if you push it to a ci it will automatically get run and, and just building this stuff is it it does over time it, it's worth spending a second day doing all this stuff but um yeah that's 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 what i was moving stuff around i wasn't just randomly moving things in finder for the sake of it just in case that's what it sounded like uh, it didn't sound like that at all it just sounded like a perfect storm of good intentions um and it reminded me that 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 in the same way that you can think about how you as an individual engineer kind of adapt over over time adapt your your style um and and, and get faster hardware and, and faster skills to be able to keep your productivity going it, it really is true um and i i will say this very loudly and and and, and proudly i completely underestimated and, and and really just didn't understand a lot of times what what build engineers and ci specialists do and i used to think oh, okay well you know that's great and in terms of of team productivity making things work people you you never realize how important it is until you start struggling yourself with these things and 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 i will also say that xcode um, certainly has become more complicated over the years and it's also interesting to see how how you know, things are deprecated because I, I remember way back when, you know, dating back to the first days of Interface Builder, how they said, and look, you have palettes, you have third-party palettes, and you can do graphical, you know, composition of, of your user interfaces, but it's not just widgets, they're actually freeze-dried objects, and you can hook them together, and you can test them, and everybody was like, this is great, 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 grand, and glorious, and then you start using them, and you get so used to doing it, and then all of a sudden, the, 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 the well, <laughs> the tide changes, and not really all of a sudden, and it, it honestly had been such a long time since I'd created a new zip file from, from scratch, um, that when I did it yesterday, I was like thinking, okay, great. This is very good. This is the perfect case where I, I want to, I, I just don't have that much time. This is, you know, I don't want to write 20 lines of, 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 of auto layout code. Um, and I, and I, I can't really use Swift UI in this particular project. Um, and so then I said, okay, great. Where is it? And, and I was like beginning to think I've lost my mind. I can't find the place where I can drag and drop the, the you know, the, 
a pre a pre made text field or view or you know or anything. Where how do I add a stack view? I don't want to have to do it in code. And then I, I then I realized like okay maybe they just removed it. They dropped it from me. They just didn't tell me. And I, I had to Google multiple times to figure out that like yep not just you <laughs> it's it's hidden and 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 no kidding they're they're hiding it for a reason. And then similarly when it comes time to kind of embedding frameworks. You know, because you want to save some time. I found a third-party framework that would help me with what I was doing. They didn't have a, a Swift package manager version of it. I didn't want to, you know, didn't want to have to to, to use uh, Carthage, and but I tried to do it, and then it didn't work because, you know, for lots of different reasons. That that, um, and it, it, owing to the fact that now, you know, in order to make things work properly, it has to kind of have multiple targets, and and they can fail. So even if it won't build for this particular target, it doesn't mean it can't be made to work on a simulator and other cases where in order to get something to run on device you have to embed uh, frameworks and in, in, whereas on on desktop you just need to link to them and if you link you know it doesn't work in the both ways and 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 the way to solve it in a practical sense is that's what a build engineer might do is they might end up having to have scripts to be able to say if you're in this situation do this and if you're in that situation do something else and you just realize that that you know I can't move I can't do anything um, unless I, I have to either remember these arcane aspects of it, which is really frustrating to do, or, you know, have your friendly neighborhood build engineer help you with it. And so God bless them all. God bless build engineers, every single one of them. Well, except apart you. from Nigel. <laughs> except I know, no, there's got to be a build engineer somewhere called Nigel. He's being, he's being singled out. Yeah. So you, so you remember the famous XTD song, uh, XTC song, Make, plans, for Nigel. plans for Nigel. Future is yeah. in a British, his future is in British steel now. It's like it's future is in Jenkins land. <laughs> that is the one. That is the one. Oh, I mean, talking of like, I mean, this isn't quite build engineering, but it's a similar thing. We have a, another project that we've taken on board recently. Um, that heavily uses Fastlane. Um, now, we've never really used Fastlane. I've not been a fan of Fastlane. Um, and it's not because I've desperately got anything wrong with it. It's just every time I've gone to the documentation, I've sort of gone, huh? And um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not really sure. In the projects I've been doing, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, there are projects where it's probably very, very useful. But for a lot of projects I'm looking at, I'm saying, well, the problem I'm trying to solve is not really worth the effort it's going to take me to understand this. And get this going, yeah. Um, yeah, but obviously, this the project we're working on used to be incredibly complex, but now has simplified. But it still has all of the fast lane configuration set up for when it was incredibly complex. And the point is, it it works, so no one touches it. Uh, no one, no, it's just not been touched in the past. Um, and, and I think it's probably, I think, looking at the repos three or four years since anyone has changed anything in this in, in this scripting. Uh, but, of course, uh, um, Apple Connect changed to two-factor authentication last week uh, as a compulsory way of practice. And um, Fastlane isn't, doesn't all work with two-factor authentication, and especially not automatically based on the old stuff. So suddenly there is now this... Um, this script that has been used to deploy an application for a long time, incredibly complex, that doesn't work. And someone, not me, <laughs> I'm letting Matt deal with this one. Nigel, but not since you've yeah. insulted him. Uh, is, uh, no, no, it's Matt having to this one, is just basically having to try and work out what the hell is going on in this stuff and reconfigure it and make it work again. Um, so I think it's, again, it's, you know, sometimes these things make your job easier at the beginning. 
and, and I'm sure at one point in history, um, when the app, when this um, uh, app configuration was very, very was you know uh, quite complicated, lots of multiple apps involved, it was worth it. But of course, because it never got re-engineered as it went along, it's now not only is it complicated, but it's complicated, and there is no one around who even knows what it was doing. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, maybe I need to call a build engineer called Nigel who knows Fastlane to come and help us. <laughs> Indeed, we will see. Well, Scotty, I also need to to you know keep stroking um, the the egos of of our fractional listeners who pay attention and interact with us. And I was reminded that I I go off on these long tangents and I make references to things like I better put that in the show notes. Um, and and Georg said, where are the show notes at? And then he somehow suggested that it was you or, or Sam's fault. In fact, it's entirely my fault because while I prov- provided the audio to you, I forgot to include the show notes until it was too late. So I will make it as a personal note to make sure that I add show notes, which add some context and, and, and flavor to this particular episode. See, I didn't do show notes because I was too busy trying to ship money well before Georg ships his Hello World app. Uh, well, you have a reasonable excuse, and uh, I'm sure Georg is already kind of at, at version two point. And right he probably now. is, and I, and, my, and, my, and I just lost a day's work in, in my configuration. So there we are. True. I reckon it was Georg who sabotaged my machine. I think it's quite possible. I think what he probably did is he may have like set off a small thermonuclear weapon that caused an EMP that fried your hardware. I can see the man doing it. Just he's very competitive. Very competitive, obviously. Look, all's fair in love hacks and, and Twitter-based, you know, feuds. So I'd say absolutely, Georg, by all means, go on. It's like, forget about being a green. It's like, if a little, what's a little radiation between friends if it means that you can, you can cause Scotty to, to fall behind? And, and the other thing, too, since I'm thinking that Perfect storm of failure. The acronym of is Peace Off. Peace Off. <laughs> so you could have a whole company. It's like you know, like Peace Off. And our first product, shit, new from <laughs> new Peace Off shit. Peace Off shit. <laughs> oh, you're so inspiring. Like you, could, you could have like you could have a meditation version. We call it Peace Off Mind <laughs> or something. <laughs> you're wasted, John. Uh, you're wasted doing what you're doing. You should be in marketing. You really should. Uh, yeah. well, the first part of that is true. I am wasted. You are wasted. But uh, we don't know on what. Fatigue. So I'm going to just wrap up on a positive note because although today has been, uh, you know, and uh, we talked about crashing, you know, fast lanes and broken laptops and losing days of work, Lisa, uh, I've been starting work today on um, some UI for an application I'm working on. A client application and um it's like doing one of those uh you, you know often these days especially with more modern versions of mac os applications tend to have to ask you to make certain make sure certain settings are set up like make sure you have full disk access or make sure you can do screen recording or make sure um you can uh you know need to set some accessibility settings and uh, they normally want you to go into preferences uh, and change something and the way apps do this are you know does vary some apps just have it in the documentation some of the applications open preferences for you and then you know they've said in the dialogue beforehand and then there are some applications which do really nice things um but good examples of these are super duper or, or hazel um the latest version of hazel was carried recently where um 
it opens preferences it makes sure it's on the right pane and then it puts an overlay window over preferences showing you what to change like with arrows saying put this here or, or drag this here and uh, maybe even drag this here so it can't do it for you but it just makes it really nice ui to do it so um so today I've been uh, been working on that to sort of uh, try and create this really, really nice UI and having to mess around with uh, um, sort of overlaying windows, discovering the preference window, um, you know, getting its coordinates and then translating it back from its screen coordinates around again, uh, just to do to do nice things. So I just want to say I'm not you know, I'm not saying this is incredibly difficult work or anything. It's it's just work. But I just wanted to say that you know, I've I've actually had a a reasonably constructive day producing something that is um, hopefully going to be useful and pleasurable at the end and therefore I want to just finish on a positive note I haven't finished it probably got at least another day on it yet but there we are but it's uh, yeah but sometimes shipping things in your mind is 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 the best yeah yeah I ship a lot of things in my mind all right well Scotty I think on that positive note um, and before any other disaster comes (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to push this branch before, before this machine crashes. Before, yeah, before the Costa Concordia slams into the rocks on <laughs> on the Mediterranean coast of Italy, or whatever, you know, pick your favorite f- uh, flavor of, of disaster. Where where might people console you and offer assistance, especially if your name is Nigel? How might they get in touch with you? Well, if you're Nigel, please please just get in hold of me on uh, Twitter as MacDevNet. I'd love to hear from you, Nigel, and uh, John. If uh, if people want to give you um, uh, advanced congratulations or commiserations on your hack day, how they, should they do that? Well, they should find me on, on, on what is the great swirling hack of humanity, Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. Well, John, it's, uh, I, I wish you all the best for your judging on Friday. Um, I know how happy you are when you win, and I know how sad you are when you lose. So it's going to be a day of extremes, whichever way, isn't it? What we've never seen, what you are like yet, is if you have a draw. Is a draw possible? You Americans don't really do ties, no. do you? No. No, no. No. There we are. No, everybody just gets a third prize or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there we are. Well, there we are. We will, uh, we will let everybody know next week how you got on. You can, you can waffle on to your heart's content about the amazingness that you have produced. Okay. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening or one for listening, whether you be in um, German uh, or, or any other language, partial or full. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, you take care.